0: We're going to jump into the word. We've been in this series that's called Faith Activators, and all year long we've been talking about faith, and the way that we define faith is complete trust in someone or something. Faith is complete trust in someone or something, and our faith, our trust completely has to be in our God and in Him alone. And as we talked about things that activate our faith, an activator is something that starts something else, and and if you look at the definition of an actual word, activator, it's something that starts a substance that'll start a chemical reaction in something. And when we think about faith activators, it's about things that activate our faith in us. You know, we can have dead faith in the same way that you and I can receive our debit card and our credit card in the mail, and it is good. For nothing until you call the phone number on the front of the card or you log into the portal now, right? We got technology. You can log into the portal and say activate card. Even though you have the money in the bank, you have the credit, you cannot swipe it until you activate it. And at times, we are living our lives as believers deactivated because we haven't done what needs to be done to activate that that we have access to. And so I want you to go to Hebrews 11. That's what we've been in this, in this series. In Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. When you've got it, say amen. Who's got their Bibles? I love to see Bibles. If you've got your Bible, wave it at me. Oh, it's a beautiful sight. I love to see Bibles. I encourage you. Get a Bible. Pastor, I use my phone. That's great. But you know what? The enemy is so astute, and that person who hasn't reached out to you, they will reach out to you in the middle that God is trying to talk to you in the verse, right? Like, like it just happens. So just get a physical Bible. I encourage you. It says, Hebrews 11, verse 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation by faith— Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abram obeyed when he was called to go out of a place that he was that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going by faith. He went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him for the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has its foundation, whose designer and builder is God. So in these passages, in these verses, we've learned about different things that activate our faith. Giving activates our faith. It says, by faith, Abel gave. Walking with God activates our faith. Enoch walked with God so much so that he prophesied about Jesus, which is quoted in the book of Titus, and he was the seventh from Adam. So thousands of years before. By faith, Noah built. Building activates your faith when you start to construct that that God asked you to. It says that Abraham, by faith, obeyed. Obedience activates our faith. It says that he lived in the land and that he was looking forward to the promise when we live in the promises of God and we are constantly looking toward the promises of God it activates our faith and today I want us to read the next two verses there we're still in Hebrews 11 we're going to read verses 11 and 12 look what it says by faith Sarah herself received power to conceive Even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Read verse 11 one more time. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age Since she considered him faithful, who had promised. If you're taking notes this morning, this is what we're going to talk about. Considering him faithful activates our faith. Considering him faithful activates our faith. Now, perhaps you hear this like, what does it mean to consider him faithful? Like That sounds like an abstract concept, if you would. How is that an activator? What does it mean? So I want to define it this way. Considering him faithful, it means this knowing, believing and trusting that what he said is true. Watch knowing, believing and trusting that what he said is truth. It said that by faith, Sarah received the power to conceive. And what does it say? She considered him faithful. The New Living Translation says it this way. She believed that God would keep his promise. The New King James Translation and the King James Translation says this. She judged him faithful. Look at those three things there. She judged him faithful. She believed that what he said was true. She considered him faithful. And I ask you this question. It's a question I ask myself. Do we truly consider him faithful? Do we truly consider him faithful? Because there's times in our life where we say he's faithful, but we don't act like he is. There's been times in our life where we say things, but we don't believe it. Anybody been there before? Oh, how do you like that? Oh, you like my new haircut? Yeah, it looks great. Go repent for lying. I'm talking about, right? So, you know, how does that, that it's different? <laughs> no. I remember studying at the university, and I didn't go to a Christian university, I went to secular university. So in my science classes, I wrote down the answer they wanted to hear. And I got my A, but I didn't believe we came from a monkey. The Big Bang Theory I believe in is God spoken. bang, there it was. That's what Genesis says. That's the Big Bang Theory I believe in. So many times in life, we bring that into our faith and we say we trust God, we say we believe in God, but our actions and what we do, they don't truly trust God. And time goes by and we're not considering him to be faithful. See, we think because it's taken longer than we thought it should take. And Sarah did a lot of things in her life before she got to the point where she considered him faithful. As a matter of fact, it was 25 years from when Sarah and Abraham received the promise, when they were told to leave their land to the place that we're going to show them, and God told them the promise. It was 25 years before she considered him faithful, faithful and had the baby. 25 years. What happened in those 25 years? What do we learn from Sarah's process of growth that we can apply to ourselves well go to the book of genesis with me go to genesis in genesis chapter 12 is where we see that god tells abraham right go from your country to your father's house to the place where i'm going to show you and it took years for sarah to consider him faithful 25 years watch go to genesis 16 genesis 16 starting in verse number one It says this, now Sarai, Abraham's wife, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. This is what Sarah did before she considered him faithful, and it's what you and I do many times. We blame God for our misfortunes. We blame God. It's God's fault. She looks at Abraham and says, it's God's fault that I haven't had kids. It's God's fault. And man, we play the blame game all the time. It started with Adam and Eve. You remember Genesis, right? Hide and go seek. First game of hide and go seek. Adam and Eve, they hide after they sin. And God says, where are you? They thought fig leaves could cover them. And then they come and they look and God goes to Adam because God had given Adam. By the way, that's a whole other thing. God had given Adam the directive. For all you guys that think women's fault, it was Eve's fault. It wasn't. It was Adam's. That's why God goes to Adam first. But what does Adam do? The woman you gave me. Like when God created everything and He all the animals and he found Adam had no helper suitable for him. Gave him, put him in a deep sleep, first case of anesthesia, right? Gives him anesthesia, pulls out a rib, makes woman. A helper suitable. The first thing Adam does is blame. By the way, he blamed Eve, but who was he blaming overall? God. He didn't say the woman. No, no, no. The woman you gave me. So then God goes over to Eve. Eve, what did he say? It was the snake, the serpent. God comes to the serpent. He turned around. it It was him, right? Blame. We blame so easily. Shift the blame. Deflect it to someone else. And that's the first thing Sarah was doing. By the way, this is 10 years in to the promise. At 10 years, she's blaming God for it taking so long. And, man, I'm can i speaking about myself, okay? I can preach it this way. I'm going to talk to myself right now. So many times, time goes by, and I'm like, God, what's taking you so long? You said it would happen, and and we start blaming him. And that's the first thing. So if you're taking notes, this is what I want you to write down. We need to stop blaming God. We need to stop blaming God. We need to stop blaming God for all the different things that are taking place around us. That's what Sarah that's what we learned from her before she considered him faithful. These 25 years, these are the things that are happening. She's blaming God. If you go back to verse number two, it says, behold, now the Lord prevented me from bearing children. That's what she says. The Lord prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. So the first thing she did was blame God. The second thing she did was she tried to help God. Oh, man, have I hit many a walls when I tried to help God. We need to stop trying to help God. Blaming God? Helping God. As a matter of fact, her idea of helping God is still being faced repercussions till this day. By the way, in this, we realize it wasn't Abraham. Abraham wasn't the one who was sterile. Because when he goes into Hagar, she gets pregnant. He had received the promise, and he was standing on it. But his partner wasn't on the same page. Husbands, grow in your walk with God and lead your wife to a place where she will consider God faithful. Speak to the men for a minute. Men, we need to lead, and we lead as we pursue God. That's the main thing. We don't lead with an iron fist. This is what, no, 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 no. As we humbly pursue God, everything else lines up. And the reality is, the men go, so do the families in society. Just look at what's happening in society today. And it is a clear cut thing of men not standing right with God first. I'm not talking about any of the other junk. Hear what I'm talking about standing right with God. Y'all heard the demonic Siri? Man, take Siri off of me. I'm not wearing that thing anymore. If you did not hear what Siri just responded when I said we need to stand right with God, she said that's not nice. Wow! I'm gonna start wearing my dumb watch. Thank you. See, how many of you didn't think that in your head, though? How many of you didn't just think that in your head before Siri said it? Mm. Thank you. Oh, I got really quiet now. Men, we got to be living right with God. You cannot lead your home if you are not allowing God to lead you. Men, we need to pray. We need to fast. We need to read scripture. We need to devote ourselves to God. Everything else will follow in after that. All right, let's get back to the message now. Sarah tried to help God. And we're facing the repercussion till this day. Hagar gets pregnant, has Ishmael. Ishmael is actually where we have till this day. The Muslim faith. If you were not aware of that. Those in the Muslim faith in Islam. Trace their lineage. The father of their faith. Also to Abraham. But through Ishmael Ishmael and Hagar. Not through Isaac and Sarah. Man I'm dealing with stuff from when I tried to help God too. So what is it that we need to, how do we activate our faith? How do we get to that place that we consider him faithful? We got to stop blaming God. We got to stop trying to help God. See, again, 10 years had passed. We know this. The Bible tells us this. It says this, verse number three. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her as a husband and wife. And he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt. This is what happened. She was blaming God. Then she tried to help God. And what happened was she wanted to happen. Then she got upset. Mm. Guess what? Another 15 years go by of her perhaps still blaming God, trying to help God with different things. And then she gets to the point where she actually does something that we do today as well, and it's this. She laughs at God's promise. She laughs at God's promise. And perhaps Christina is like, I would never laugh at God's promise. I don't laugh at God's promise. Let me show you. This is what she did. Go to chapter number 18. Chapter number 18. So two pages over. Chapter 18, verse number nine. They said to him, This is when Abram is confirmed, God confirms the promise one more time. He has just circumcised himself and all of his children, or or his son Ishmael, and all of his servants. And then the Lord appears to him. Chapter 18 by the Oaks of Mamre. And he's talking to him and he's telling God uh, uh, Abram all this. And verse number nine says, They said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? He said, She is in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of woman had ceased to be with Sarah. What does that mean? She no longer menstruated. She no longer had a menstrual cycle. What is the menstrual cycle? It is when a woman ovulates. The eggs that were there had released. New ones come in. It is what makes it viable for a woman to be pregnant. It says the way of woman had ceased in her. Do the math. She was 65 when they left Haran. We know this because she's 10 years younger than Abraham. It tells us that in the next chapter. He was 75. She was 65. In 10 years later, so when she's 75 and Abraham is 85 and then 86 is when Ishmael was born. And now they're 25 years later. She's 90 years old, 89 to 90 years old. She gets pregnant at 89, has the baby at 90. Think about that, somebody. The way of woman had ceased with her. So Sarah laughed to herself. And said, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Oh, I don't laugh at God and his promises, but we say things like this. Do you think God really can use me? Do you think God really can heal me? Do you think God, this is just a cross I got to bear. This is my thing. No, this is what, uh, we're, we're mocking his promise. She laughed saying, am I at this age, esta etapa de la vida, am I going to have a child? <laughs> so then the Lord says to Abram, because God hears it, right? The Lord says to Abram, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? And look at verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? We see the same thing when, when Moses is out in the wilderness with the children of Israel. And they're complaining and griping because they're tired of manna. And they're talking about everything they had in Egypt that was free. Yeah, talk about socialism, right? It was free. They had all the food that they wanted and the garlics and the leeks and it cost us nothing. not just your slavery, right? They were slaves. We want meat. God tells Moses, I'm sending quail for everybody they're going to eat quail for a month it's going to come out of their nostrils and God and and Moses says to God if we slaughtered the entire camp of animals there's not enough meat what are you going to do and God says those same things has my hand been shortened is anything too difficult for me what did Moses basically do he mocked the promise of God and it's what we do sometimes we go through these different three things We go through the blaming God. We go then, so it it was God's fault. Now let me try to help God and let me mock the promise he gave for me. Church, to activate our faith, we need to stop laughing at God's promises. We need to stop trying to help God. And we need to stop blaming him. What do we need to do? We need to shift From blaming God to trusting God. We need to shift. Shift from trying to help God to waiting on God. We need to shift and truly, totally trust in His faithfulness. Believe that what He said is true. What happens? Man has let us down. People have let us down. Perhaps a parent, a sibling, a teacher, a pastor, a leader. And then we transfer that let down to our heavenly father. And if man let us down who we see, what are we going to expect from someone we can't see? This is why we need to pursue him every day to be able to get to that place. It took Sarah 25 years, guys. From the promise to the baby. And I don't know where you or where I'm at in this moment, what we are believing God for. But one thing I know is this. We need to accelerate the timetable by activating our faith that his promises are true. How do we do that? It's by spending more time with God. We spend more time with God. We spend more time with God. It's not this thing, oh, I tried it. I dipped my toe and the water was way too wet. I mean, too cold You ever gone to get in the pool and, and you're like, "Oh, let me see. Oh, that's too cold. I'm not getting in." This is what we do with God. All right, let me go. Let me go dip my toe. Ooh, that church was a little too Pentecostal for me. Let me go dip my toe. Ooh, that worship was too long. And <laughs> dip my toe. Whoa, whoa. Oh no, I don't read that Bible verse. No, that one gives me makes me feel bad. No, I'm not. I'm not no. What do you do when you want to get in the ocean? If you tippy toe all the way in, nah, bro. You get there, you run, dive in, right? I'm diving in, I'm going deep. I, that's where we go. We get in there all the way. And what happens? It took her 25 years because she just kept trying to dip the toe, then the foot, then the ankle. Her spiritual maturity took a long time to get to the confidence of what God said. Can I tell you one more thing? Spiritual maturity has nothing to do with how many years you've been a Christian. You and I can be Christians for 40 years and go to heaven and not receive on earth God's best because we try to blame him or put our own do, do our own spin and us help him and us do. We say things like this. God helps those who. Some of y'all thought that's in the Bible and it's not. I was at a Walmart last year when we were buying stuff for, a, for, for a, a VBS. I'm at Walmart, and I'm there, and, 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 and I talk to anybody I can about Jesus. Whenever opportunity I have, I'm going to say God bless you. And do. So I'm talking to this lady at Walmart, and I don't know how it came up. Maybe when I went for the tax exempt and something, I was like, yeah, because God, she's talked about something. I was like, well, I'll pray for you. And, 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 and then she says, yeah, because I got to do this because, you know, it, it, it's true. God helps those who helps themselves. And I was like, what Bible verse is that? She's like, I'm not sure, but it's there. And I was like, no, it's not. As a matter of fact, do you know where that saying comes from? It comes from Greek mythology, from all of the gods that the Greeks had. That's where that saying is derived from. And here we are, believers in Jesus appropriating a paganic, pagonic, pagan saying, whatever. Y'all got it. And saying it, well, you talked about corresponding action, so I'm helping. no, 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 no. no. That's not the same thing. Corresponding action is an activation of what you are believing God for. It's not I'm doing this so that God does that. Faith is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. I will not bow to you Nebuchadnezzar because our God can save us. But even if he doesn't, I'm still not bowing down. What is the activation of faith that we're saying... This is what God promised. He is faithful. I will believe it. I can cash the check because it has funds. Because his words are true. And it can take some of us. We eme- Man, why is it? People get saved. And in that radical moment, the faith is so stirred. We believe for crazy. But then as life happens, we tend to stop praying and believing God to do it. No, we need to, if anything, increase our faith, and we increase our faith as we continue to trust in him, believe him. Church, I challenge you, worship team, come to the altar. I challenge you, as I'm challenging myself this morning, we need to start considering him faithful. How do you know and you can trust on someone? And they tell you, right, like, hey, you're going to come on Tuesday? Yeah, I'm going to be here Tuesday. I'll be here at 9 o'clock in the morning. Boom. Tuesday 9 o'clock in the morning comes, the person shows up. I added something to my trust bank, right? All right, next week we're doing this. Hey, we're doing it on Wednesday at 3 p.m. The person shows up. I I can trust. The person says, no, I'm going to call you tomorrow. And they call. And you start building the acumen of trust, right? So you know what you and I need to start doing? We need to start remembering everything that God has already done because we focus so much on what is missing i think personally the bible doesn't tell us specifically but what my experience shows in people's faith growing in their walk with god is that sarah probably got to that moment where she started thinking hold on god said if you leave i'm going to show us and then he took us there god said he was going to give us and we used to have seven camels now we got 1400 right like Like it says he was rich beyond things. We had this and now we have that. And start looking at every faithful thing that God had done. And if God did it then, oh, I can start stirring. God's going to do it again. God's going to move again. And she got to the point where she said, everything else he promised, everything else he promised has come true. Therefore, I can believe him on this too. So start counting it. Start writing it down. What did God do? God did this. He can do it now. He did that, he can do it now. When the doubt comes in, that makes you, in your humanity, you want to think that it was someone's fault. It must have been God's fault. Man, I can tell you, I I know so many people that they're not, they haven't received what they're believing for. So all they're doing all the time is trying to figure out what's wrong. What did I do? What did this other person do? You know that Job was fearful of his children. It's why Job, every day, would have sacrifices just in case his kids sinned. And then this is who we are in our humanity. God promises this. Oh, I got to be doing this. I must be doing something wrong. Let me find what's the thing. There, There must be something. And so we're trying to help God. We're trying to help God and figure it out. No, we need to trust God. Wait on God. God, in your time. I don't get it. Oh, that's another one, man. We try to understand everything. I don't get it, God. I don't get it, but I trust in you anyways. I don't understand, but I follow you anyways. Because if you said it, I believe it. And so I'm shifting. I'm trusting. I'm believing that everything he said is true. And I'm considering him faithful. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Church, I want you to stand to your feet. This is what I want us to do this morning. If you're online, I want you to do this too. I want you just to start talking to God there for a moment and exa- let him examine you. Are there things that you have blamed him for? And this morning, you're just going to release it and say, God, I'm sorry that I blamed you. Are there things that you've tried to help God with? Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to, I, 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 it's, it falls on me. God, Repent for it. Are there things that you have la- laughed at, mocked? L- listen, Jesus spoke to Jairus's family, right? Like he's there and he says, The girl, why are you all screaming? The girl's not dead, she's only sleeping. And what did all the mourners do? They mocked him, they laughed at him. And we do that at some of the promises of God. Let's repent and say, Today, God, I shift from blaming you to trusting you. God, today, I shift from trying to help you to waiting on you. Today, I shift from laughing at the promises to having full confidence in that what you said is true. In Jesus' name.